that he from sin was set and free, and evermore with him could live. There is a God, he is alive, in him we live, and we survive. From dust our God. that you've already been blessed with interactions with brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to pray that you met somebody new today and that you got to introduce yourself and that even if they weren't new, you got to get to know somebody a little bit better. I'm really thankful for that. I want to welcome those of you who are here in person. I want to welcome those of you who are joining us online. I particularly, if you're new with us online, would ask that you would, uh, as we move through the service, if you're blessed, if you'd hit, us a, hit a like there on on our YouTube stream and we invite you to subscribe to our channel. I think that would be a great thing for you. A lot of good things come from that channel. If you are visiting with us today here in the assembly and have the opportunity, we have a blue guest card that's in the pocket on the chair just in front of you. And if you would take the time to fill out uh, some of the information that we have, it's two-sided card and you can choose uh, what you would like to share with us. We simply would like to be able to expand the blessing of this hour into the days and weeks ahead and what you share with us there helps us in that. If you are with us, we, uh, at the end of the service we'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper. We invite all believers to participate with us. We will also take a time to give back to God. And if you're a guest with us today, we would ask that you not feel under any obligation to make a monetary gift. But instead, if you would make your completed blue card your gift to us, and if you would put it in the box that says, giving back to God, back in the uh, foyer, we would appreciate it very, very much. On your way in today, I hope you got a copy of the caring and sharing, a lot of things that we won't mention verbally from the full pit that are included here. We're starting to spin up into a busier time of year of things going on that you'll want to be sure and be aware of. Also, I would remind you that the caring and sharing, the Wednesday announcements, all those things are available on our website. It's a great thing to have a bookmark of on your phone or wherever and you can make contact with that. I would also like to again encourage you Get involved in the conversation that's going on on Facebook at LJCOC, our Facebook page. I think you'll be blessed if you'll get engaged in those conversations. Really appreciate the way people are interacting in such a positive way there. If you're new to us, we want to remind you that we are not going, we are 
following contactless procedures for our Lord's Supper and our giving back to God. If you have not got one, one of the little individual sets of communion elements, this would be a good time to go right back to the doors there and pick one up on your way in. Uh, also, contactless giving can be done through the website. You can use the QR code on the screen. Or again, if you would like to place a, a monetary gift in the box, you're welcome to do all of those things. We're really glad to have our life groups continuing this fall. I want to encourage you to, if you're not already involved in a life group, to find one to get engaged with. They are all listed online on our website. Very easy. Anywhere you are, anytime you would like to find out more about them, you can click there and do that. It'll have contact information for the leaders as well. I want to be sure you're aware. Um, I know that there is a sign-up sheet back in the back for uh, cars or trunks, as it were, for our trunk or treat. If you're planning on being there tonight, I think we would like you to sign that just to tell us that you're coming so that we know how many slots we need to set up for and be prepared for you, as opposed to having to rush around at the last minute because you didn't tell us you were coming. So we want you to be there. There's plenty of candy for you to give out. You don't need to worry about, I don't have enough candy to give away. There's plenty to be done that way. But we would really like to have a good representation of you here, and we would like you to uh, be able to meet our neighbors as they come walking through our parking lot. And it's a, a joy to, to get to meet them and interact with them. And so the trunk or treat tonight, uh, if you are going to have a trunk here, I think we would really like you to be here at 5 o'clock. Would that be right, Lauren? Yeah. 5 and 5.15, please be here. We've really been blessed this weekend to have Carson Reed from the Cybert Institute at Abilene Christian University with us for the weekend. The elders and I had opportunity to be with him for the better part of yesterday. Sharon and I enjoyed a wonderful dinner with him last night. One of God's real gifts to our brotherhood in a very powerful sort of way. He spends the majority of his time, he also teaches at ACU, but the majority of his time is spent going and consulting with congregations. And I appreciate the way that he doesn't do that simply from an academic perspective, but uh, many years of ministry in local churches that he worked in, uh, in Indiana and all kinds of different places. But bottom line is, worked in the church, and now he's taking what the academy can offer, what scholarship can offer, and bringing it and helping us to be the best churches we can be. Most importantly, so that we can be people who continue to show God's love, and introduce Jesus to new people. Amen? So I, I encourage you to give him a good listening ear. I think you're going to be blessed by hearing him as he speaks this morning. I want to be sure and invite Jerry to come up. Jerry will be wording our opening prayer as soon as we read from the psalm. So if you would stand with me, and we'll read from Psalm 118. And, uh, and if you would remain standing for the prayer that will follow together. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord is God. And he has given us light. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And the whole church said,
pray with me, please. Our Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We want to honor, to praise, and glorify you as the one true God, the only God, the God that is active, that is living, that is loving. Uh, Lord, we just want to thank you this morning for this congregation, for each person here. Uh, Lord, as we go over this survey and do an introspect of ourselves, let us be honest with ourselves. Let us be humble with ourselves. Let us be open and willing to uh, continue to push forward, to always be a better uh, Christian, a better light for this community, ready and willing and able to share your gospel. Lord, we just pray for the lost. Just pray that you would uh, open their hearts. Let us be your instruments to preach to them, to be examples to them, to show the love that Jesus showed. Uh, Lord, we just want to pray for this time for our Eastern European ministries as they work to give uh, your word into various countries that have been denied that, that right to just have a Bible in their hands. We just pray for those people that are receiving those Bibles, for those that are, that are reading, for hearing your word for the first time. And Lord, let it just fill their hearts. Uh, let it just let them uh, fill their souls with love for you. And, and we're just thankful for the fruit uh, that is growing there and for the, the harvest. Uh, Lord, I want to pray for uh, each person here. Uh, just let us continue to always love and to strive. And those that are sick physically, we just ask a blessing upon them that you would heal them, uh, that you would comfort them as they wait on this healing. Uh, Lord, let us fa our faith always grow. Let our love always grow. Lord, just thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the forgiveness that we have. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing our next song. Who else commands all the hosts of heaven? Who else can make every king bow down? Who else can whisper and darkness tremble? Only our holy God. What
This is an older song, but it should be a little bit familiar to us. Like a river glorious, his heart Good morning. Good morning. Today I'll be reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Uh, excuse my bad pronunciation. <laughs> when the day of the Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? 
Then, how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? <laughs> Let's stand as we sing this song, please.
Well, good morning, church. It's a blessing to be with you today. My name again is Carson Reed, and I bring you greetings from Abilene Christian University. And it's been a real delight to spend time this weekend with your elders and with Alan and uh, working through this church health assessment, which we reviewed in the earlier hour of the morning. Uh, I just want to say, Lake Jackson has got a great group of elders. And uh, we just had a great day yesterday. I appreciate so much the spirit, their prayerfulness, their concern for the flock, their deep interest and commitment to pursuing God's preferred future for Lake Jackson. It was just a joy to be with them yesterday. And Alan, as I said earlier, what can you say about Alan? Words cannot describe. No, delight to be with Alan and and uh, Sharon, last night we had a great time together, and uh, you've got a great minister in Allen. And I, I want to encourage you to pray for your pray for your leaders and encourage them in their good work. Well, a few years ago, I was traveling through Nashville, Tennessee, on 440, driving along, and you know traffic. And uh, I look up, and here coming alongside me is a septic tank truck. Truck, right? You know what I'm talking about? Septic removal services, something like that. And across the side, it says, Big Septic Service. And I'm driving along, and I could see more, and so I, I kept reading. It said, Call us Monday through Friday for service. And I looked over again. It says, Sorry, on the weekends we haul milk. And I thought, What? What? What does that mean? You know, what does that mean? It really caught me off guard. Well, we're living in a time where... Like Elvis Presley, our world seems just all shook up. <laughs> just crazy. It's just crazy. Our culture is becoming more and more polarized. You, you recognize this, right? Anxious and uncertain. You can't do anything without feeling some sort of pressure. Every time I go buy grocery store, go buy groceries at the grocery store, I'm in the checkout counter and they look up to me and say, paper or plastic, and I think, oh, you know, got to make a choice, right? We live in just an odd time, a time of tension and polarity, and all of that is working along uh, on us. We also live in a time, as I was describing this morning and the earlier hour, where churches generally are in decline. Christianity is increasingly seen not as the answer to things, but as part of the problem in public life and in public circles. And that, that, that that's just seems all confused and backwards in so many, many, many ways. And I want to ask, what does this mean? What's going on in our world? How do we attend to all of this craziness? And then you add to that, uh, the reality of what's been going on with all the disruption of the last couple of years with the pandemic. Winston Churchill may have been the one to say it first. He's the one we think may have said it first. But there's really truth in the saying, uh, never waste a good crisis. And we're in a time of disruption. And what might that mean for us as the people of God today as we try to sort out what to do, how to live, what, what, what does it mean for us in this time and space? And then we come to our text today, which Cullen read wonderfully, right? He got through all of those, those nations and 
countries and better, better you than me, Cullen's all I got to say. Uh, and, but what we're hearing in that story is a, a, a remarkable and wonderful story of a group of people who were living in an uncertain time themselves, right? These earliest followers of Jesus who have witnessed the resurrection, they have been called on to linger and to wait in Acts chapter 1, and they find themselves gathered just west of the Temple Mount, and every day they gather and they pray and they wait and they wait. What does it mean? What does it mean? And then God breaks in. And God has been breaking in ever since. And that is what we want to pay attention to. So in our text today, this breaking in of God, this remarkable moment in the life of the early church where God breaks in, it it was a day that began with great anticipation Uh, Pentecost was a day of celebration, first of the harvest, and then it came to be associated with the giving of the law at Sinai. And there they are in the upper room, and just like that old Heinz commercial with Carly Simon singing, anticipation, it's making me wait, right? Here they are, gathered, waiting, looking, longing, and the Spirit arrives, blowing into the room like a hurricane and empowering those folks to speak in all kinds of languages. A mass gathering of folk gathered up in Jerusalem on that time of Pentecost. People from all over the world, as our text suggests, from from one end to the other are gathered there, devout folk from every nation. It's kind of like going... uh, I, I did 20 years of ministry in Indianapolis, Indiana, several, most of those years, within two miles of the track in Indianapolis. And I'm telling you, it's not Memorial Day in Indianapolis, it's race day, baby. And thousands upon thousands of people. It's the sort of thing that happens at Minute Maid Park recently, right? People gathering and all gathered in all of this craziness and all of the chaos of all of that. And in that moment, these folks are... As the Spirit breaks forth, they find themselves saying, why can we hear in our own language? What is going on? And they ask the question, what does it mean? It's a question that we keep asking and asking when God shows up among us. You see, these early disciples were persons who were paying attention to what God might be up to in their time and space. They made themselves available. They were willing to be used in some way. And in that time and space, God shows up. And maybe there's something in all of that that is good for us to think about today. And it may be that we need to pause in this time of chaos, this time of disruption, and reflect and rethink what does it mean for us to be bearers of what God is doing in the world to a world that doesn't seem to be interested at all. In fact, we might be saying, and this is the sort of question that we might be asking when we do something like the church health assessment, how do we be a better church? How can we be a better church? But I want to suggest this morning in light of what happens in Acts chapter 2, what happened in the day of Pentecost, it's, that's not probably the right question. 
what does it mean to be a, a better church? We may need to think about it in a way far different than that altogether. Andy Stanley re released a book a couple of years ago called Irresistible Churches. He tells a story in it that keeps capturing my attention. He talks about living in north, far north of Atlanta. I know that space. I spent almost 10 years of ministry in Atlanta. And uh, up north there is his horse country. And uh, he talks about how to get, when he gets to his house, he drives along and he sees stable after stable, place to learn horseback riding. Here's how to learn how to ride a horse. All kinds of opportunities to get into horsey stuff. Horse uh, rings, horse barns, horse arenas. You, it's almost like being in Lexington, Kentucky, or actually West Texas. But, uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, he, he writes about this. And he says, he says, what about my family? He says, we've never gone to any of those places. It's not because we don't, like, uh, uh, we don't know about horses. We know about horses. We just don't want to be horse people. And even though you can find all kinds of horse barns and horse stables and horse riding lessons and all of that around, none of it speaks to us because we're not interested in what they have to offer. And then he goes on to say this, post-churched people and de-churched folk find even the best churches perfectly resistible. Why? Because they're not church people. It's not that they, it's not that they, uh, uh, they do. In many cases, they, it's not what they do anymore. It's not that they don't know what a church is. It's just the opposite. They know just enough about church to know that it's not for them. So creating a better church won't change them. He says, I'm all for better churches. I sit in two or three meetings every week to talk about how to make churches better and how to make the ones we have better, but that's not the issue. And that's what I would say to you as I travel across the country. It's not just doing some things better. It is, as Andy Stanley will write a little later in his book, it's about doing things differently. And it's that difference that I think Acts 2 gives us a clue to see you see, on this moment, in that time in history, these early believers in Jesus, as they paid attention to God in the chaos of their world in the early Roman, mid-Roman Empire, as God broke in, God showed up, and they followed obediently the path that he opened up for them. And that is what I want to invite you as a church to do today. What do I mean by that? What's going on in here that we might want to pay attention to? Uh, the, the reality is that God is showing up in this text. He's doing things. And these folks are following and pursuing him. And even though it may look crazy to some people, as you read on down through this text, we find uh, folks saying, wait a minute, you, you disciple folk, you apostle folk look like you're crazy or something. You're drunk. No, no, no. That's not what's going on. What does this mean? It means that God is showing up. And in so doing, we find a key here to help us think about our purpose, about what it means to be the church of Jesus Christ. It means to be a church that pursues and follows God on mission. 
God is up to something in the book of Acts, and he's inviting us to share in it. And it all is bound up in what Paul, uh, Peter does in the verses that follow. As we move beyond what Colin, Colin read for us a few moments ago, we find actually a sermon. A sermon. It's Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. If you've ever been to Bible school, you've probably looked at it in great detail. But what's interesting is we look at that sermon, you're gonna, we're going to hear certain things about what it is that God is doing. And I want to just rehearse those real simply here this morning. That sermon that Peter preaches gives us sort of a template about what God is up to in the world. First and foremost, it is that God is showing up. You know, have you ever noticed that when we say, as we will, in just six weeks, we'll start singing songs around Advent or Christmas? And we'll sing that song, uh, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Do you know what that name of Jesus means? It means, help me out, God with us. God showing up. God showing up. Do you know what it is that opens the book of Matthew? It is the naming of Jesus, God showing up. And you know how the book of Matthew ends? with a great commission, and the last words that Jesus says there is, and lo, I'll do it the old-fashioned way, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God is showing up. That is a part of what is being done and said in this moment on the day of Pentecost. Another thing that's happening in this is that Peter is saying the Holy Spirit God's Spirit is breaking into the world, and he is the, the Spirit is the sign and seal of what God is doing in the world. The presence of God is showing up with us. Another dimension of what Peter says in that sermon, thirdly, is that uh, this showing up of God is bound up in a story, a narrative. And that story or narrative uh, helps us understand our story, our narrative. What's that story? It's none other than the life and ministry and death and burial and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, right? That's our story. That's our story. It is the narrative arc. I can, I'll do this in big $64 words. It is the narrative arc of God's work and of our life together. We are bound up in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's why you got baptized, right? You got buried and died and rose again, just like Jesus did. That's our story. The fourth thing that he's saying in here is that this Jesus and what God is doing in the world, this Jesus is coming back again. He's coming again. And so not only is our past anchored in this story of Jesus, our future is anchored in this story of Jesus our past, our past and our future are all bound up together that give meaning to our present, that God is showing up. That's the story. And it's all bound up, fifthly, in the person of Jesus. He is the one that we give allegiance to. He is the one who is the Son of God. He is the Messiah, the Anointed One. He is the one in whom God is working out His will and purposes to. Folks, what I've just said in those five things is what Peter is saying in Acts 2 and in every other sermon in the book of Acts. 
Those five things are the gospel. The gospel, it's good news. And that is the thing that if we pay attention to that and embody it, begins to move us from seeking to be simply a better church to being a different kind of church. A church that has a heart for, for speaking this good news that God is showing up to others, that we're prepared to let go of some things in order that we can do the best things for the sake of God's action in the world. And in fact, when, we get, when this gospel starts to get a hold of us and we begin to reflect on it, something will happen that has happened from generation to generation of God's people from the day of Pentecost all the way up until today, to this day, to this moment. When the folks in Acts chapter 2 heard these things about God showing up in the person of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, the story, the narrative that he's coming again, those folks cried out, and I'll do it old-fashioned way, men and brethren, what shall we do? You remember this, don't you? Acts 2.37. And then, do you remember what Peter says on that day? He says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the remission of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Spirit. You know these verses. And you know what? And this is the sad thing. I think living in our old way of thinking, well, just be better, we think, ah, I heard that, been there, done that, and I've got the T-shirt. I was baptized. And I want to say, wake up. Today is a new day. And we need to hear the gospel again, and we need to repent. Repentance is not something you do once in your life. It's not. Repentance is not just a one-time thing, and then we kind of move merrily on our way. Repentance is a daily exercise in paying attention to God's work in your life. Now, I picked up a car at Hobby Airport and drove down here Friday afternoon, and I had to repent all the way down here. They gave me this beat-up old Nissan pickup that has seen better years. In fact, I think it must have come off of some farm out here someplace. What am I talking about? I had to hold on to the steering wheel with both hands. I had to repent constantly. What am I talking I, I about? You have to correct, right? You're driving down, and oh, we're, the wind's pushing me a little this way. What do you do? Correct. I'm repenting. And then a you know, truck comes by. Well, now i got to correct the other way. Are you following me? Christian living, living open to the power of God showing up in my life and our life means we are always repenting. We're always altering our course. We're changing. It's like, oh, over here. And we drift. We turn that wheel a little. We, we turn our attention a little different way. We're paying attention. We're paying attention to what God is doing in the world. We're paying attention to our own uh, needs to make changes ourselves as we grow up and mature. You know, sometimes I think that the reason why God gives us uh, 70 years, and if by reason of strength 80, right, Psalm 90, is that it's taking me, as an older man, it's going to take me all of 70, maybe 80 years to get my life together. Why? 
Well, it's about this repentance. It's about paying attention to God and being open to shift and to change and to grow and to mature and to realize, oh, a new discovery. Oh, I need to do this in a different way. Oh, I need to alter my course. And that, my friends, is what uh, is happening with this church, and it's what happens throughout the whole of Book of of Acts. We see a community of people who are adjusting and learning what it means to be the people of God throughout the Book of Acts. And we see them alive. We see them vibrant. We see them living uh, uh, in, in ways that, that call attention to folk, and folks are flocking in to be a part of this new movement that's bursting forth in the city of Jerusalem and on beyond. Do you know that the church went from nothing to being the religion of the empire in the fourth century without, without not one gospel meeting, without any gospel blimps? Anybody remembers that fiasco? Uh, without, <clears throat> without any kind of big crusades by the Billy Grahams of the age. It happened because Christians were simply learning what it means to embody the gospel of Jesus Christ and practice repentance, paying attention to God and paying attention to where God is showing up in the lives of other people around them. The early church flourished and grew because they were taking care of the people who were poor. They were paying attention to what was happening with people at the fringes. They were challenging people, rich and poor, to change and alter their way of thinking that honors God as the center of things, not the pagan gods of the Roman Empire. They were, they were going at it in all kinds of ways. And in so doing, a whole, a whole empire was altered and shifted and changed. Not because they were voting people into the Roman Senate. No, because they were learning to live as communities of faith and little towns and huge cities across the Roman Empire by being people who were practicing paying attention to God and correcting their course daily, 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 following after God. And that's what we see playing itself out. And so that's what I'm inviting uh, you to do in your life together. What does it mean for Lake Jackson to be a community of faith who seeks to pay attention to God, of God showing up, that God is with us, and that the narratives, the narrative of the gospel is our story of death, burial, and resurrection, that God, past, present, and future has got us. It's not about uh, our It's not about our past. It's about what God's seeking to do in our future. And we're going to play and live that out, knowing that he is with us always, even to the end of the age. For some reason, I I was reminded yesterday as I was preparing this sermon uh, about uh, an incident that occurred many years ago in my life. I have four children, three daughters and a son. They're all now grown up and doing their thing. But my third daughter, or my second daughter, some years ago, when she was very little, five years old, and I was going away on a trip, was very. Uh, she gave me this really big hug. It was an emotional hug. It was a little more than what I normally would get in these moments. I didn't think much about it. I picked up my suitcase, and out the door I went. I got where I was going, 
I have a hotel room somewhere, and I opened up my suitcase, and there in my suitcase was my daughter's teddy bear. And uh, so I call home. I say, Vicki, Lauren's teddy bear is in my suitcase. And she goes, oh, I know. She said, Lauren said, as you were preparing to leave, that just, she said, I don't want Daddy to feel alone. I want him to know I'd like to go with him. You know this feeling I'm talking about, right? We're all, all of us who are parents, or people who know and love one another. She said she just wanted to send some of herself with us, with you. Church, what I'm saying here today is God is with us. He's as close as the breath that we breathe in to our lungs. He is with us, and he desires deeply to use this community of faith to bring people of Lake Jackson and beyond to faith and reconciliation and life in the name of Jesus. Will you and I say yes to this invitation of God to be a part of something much bigger than ourselves? Hey, I'd like to bow and pray, and then we'll offer the invitation. Lord, bless us today. Maybe we be alert. Uh, may we, in our questions of what does all of this mean, give way to, oh, what should we do? And let us hear you lovingly say, come to me, turn or repent. Participate in my life. And Lord, we ask today that we'll be faithful in responding to what you desire to do in and through us. Through Jesus Christ, amen. As we stand and sing uh, this song, if you have a need or a concern, won't you make your way to the front? If you're uh, watching by live streaming, then just give us a text. We'd love to pray for you. Let's stand and sing. People need the Lord. People, People need the Lord. At the service we will be returning the kids from praise kids if you have any of the younger kids feel free to go out and retrieve them as they return
Let's uh, prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper now by singing, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. When I In Matthew 18, Peter comes to Jesus and he asks Jesus, wants to ask Jesus a question. And the question that he asks is, how many times am I to forgive my brother? Uh, he said, seven times. And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven is what he said. And if you want to have an interesting afternoon of research, just type in, Google 70 times 7, and you'll get all kinds of things that come up. There's all kinds of opinions. There's all kinds of ideas about what 70 times 7 means. But for me, even though there's been a lot been made about that, I don't believe that in this answer that it was 490 times. I don't think we would count up to 490. And 491, we're not going to forgive our brother anymore. I don't believe that's what it meant. I believe that he's metaphor metaphorically speaking about every time we're asked, we should forgive our brother. So during this time of communion, there's many times that I will sit and I will think about my life. And I will look back for the past week and kind of discern, you know, honestly assess how did I do. And a lot of times I, I fall short. And I got to thinking about 
what's the opposite side of, of Peter's question? The question of how many times am I to forgive my brothers, but the question of how many times will God forgive me? How many times can I be forgiven? Again, I don't believe there's a number. I believe it's infinite. And I'm glad for that. In Ephesians 4, Paul writes, Forgive even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. Because of his sacrifice, I can, I can be perfect before God. Isn't that amazing? Because I'm, I'm not perfect. Save Christ. I'm so thankful that I can be forgiven and that I can have hope. And if you really want the ultimate example of forgiveness, let's go to the, let's place our minds on the scenes of the cross and what happened right before that. Christ was beaten, ridiculed, spat upon, everything that could possibly be done that was bad and hurtful and painful to this to Jesus occurred and he's hanging on the cross and he doesn't speak a lot of words from the cross but the words some words that he speaks are father forgive them for they know not what they do that's my true example of forgiveness and how I can be forgiven because of that great act I'd ask you to bow with me in prayer our dear heavenly father we are thankful for Jesus we as we look upon the scenes of the cross and we see Christ's body hanging there in our stead with our sin we are so thankful we pray that as we partake of this bread today that we will remember Christ's body and his perfect sacrifice for us. It's in Christ's most holy name we pray. Amen. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Let us continue our prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we are thankful for Jesus. As we think about his blood being shed upon that cross. Let us remember that uh, that blood is special blood. It's blood that doesn't stain, but in fact does the opposite. It cleanses and purifies us so we can stand perfect, pure, holy, and clean before our maker. We pray that as we partake of this cup, We'll remember that great sacrifice, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.
like to say a quick prayer for our blessing. We won't be passing plates. We won't be passing the trays around. Uh, you can give online. There's a code up here showing how you can do that. There's also uh, an opportunity for you to give at the back. Uh, and I'd just like to say a quick prayer for this blessing. Lord, we are a blessed people, and we're so thankful for all that you have done for us. We pray that as we give back that we will understand that there are many ministries that are going on in, the, in this church that uh, they need money. They need uh, our attention and our time. And we pray that at this time we'll be willing to give and help in any way we can to spread the gospel throughout this world. We, we ask that you would help us to also look around us for us to see those people that are in need and for us to attend to those needs. All these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Then the last thing, kind of in a different order today, but it's time for the kids' kids gift. So on behalf of the Youth Minister Search Committee, I'd like to provide an update on our search. We interviewed Wes Wilson, and the elders have approved an invitation for Wes and his wife, Nicole, to come for an in-person uh, in interview. Wes uh, accepted and will be visiting on November 19th through the 21st. Um, Wes is the Youth Minister at the Graham Street Church of Christ in Stephenville. Uh, you, uh, many of you may know Wes from his work uh, as uh, with our session of uh, as director of camp session, our our camp session at Camp Bandina. Um, also, you may know him from previous work as the youth minister in Pleasanton at the Pleasanton Church of Christ. We'll be coordinating a youth activity for the that Saturday, the twentieth, and. Um, on Sunday, he'll be leading a combined class where uh, everybody can kind of meet and attend or attend to and meet him. Uh, we know it's a busy weekend. That weekend is before Thanksgiving, uh, but we encourage all our youth and all of our parents of youth to, to, to be there and be involved in the activities in order to meet Wes and, and get to know him. And that's it for the update. Lindley, can you go back to that previous slide real quick? I'd ask if you could, um, as you leave today, find one of these members. Um, they've been working since June, putting together job descriptions, getting those out to different locations, and then uh, having the interview with Wes as well. Please find one of those individuals and thank them for the time that they've spent over the last 
three or four months in that area. Okay, thanks, Lindley. Carson, we appreciate the message this morning that you, that you brought to us, and um, we want to thank all of you that are here with us and thank all of you that are online with us as well and your continued financial support uh, of the congregation here. Um, there are a couple of uh, thank you notes back in uh, B Hall if you want to, to read those, one from Willie Brown and one from Mary Owens, who is Beth Pan's sister recovering from um, cancer in the jaw. So please take, it, take time to swing by there if you would to, um, to take a look at those as well. I also want to encourage you, um, Alan does a fantastic job uh, every uh, Wednesday, Thursday's time period, but mostly Wednesday time period, getting us an update of the things that are going on. There's a lot of information that's shared in there from prayer requests to, to uh, upcoming events as well. Encourage you really to make sure that you take time to listen through those. It's a very good update for us each and every week. Um, also want to thank uh, Carson for his time this weekend. Um, come and spend in seven hours with us yesterday with the, uh, the elders. Um, it, the time flew by. It was very, very good discussion. Also this morning in class and sharing with us. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your time with us and for your insight that you brought to us. And also thank you congregation. Um, it took your participation in filling out that survey, getting that information to us, being honest with us and helping us understand where, where do we go from here and what opportunities do we have. So thank you. I appreciate that. Um, if there's no other announcements, please do make sure that you look in your caring and sharing. Look at the, uh, the prayer list there, and please, please, please be in prayer for those individuals that are there. So let's go to our Father in prayer. Oh, one other one. Reminder, trunk or treat this evening, 530. Be here between 5 and 515. There is candy available out there. Just bring your trunk. That's all you need to do. Bring your trunk and decorate it up and show up out in the, the uh, parking lot out front here. So appreciate it. Okay, let's go to our Father in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the many blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for the time that we can gather here and that we can worship you and bring praise to you. We thank you for the service this morning. We thank you for Carson's message. We pray that you'll um, be with us as we go forward from here. We pray that you'll help us to understand more fully how we can spread your, your love, spread your word, spread your, the, the, the good news in this, this community here of ours and, and around the, the state of Texas and around the world. Lord, we pray that you'll just continue to bless all the things that we do. Thank you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all be standing for our closing song. Okay, ladies.
God bless you and have a great day.